Can you hear me over there? I can, loud and clear from Texas. Welcome to another podcast, another Steph Status Update episode of Movies That Made Me. I'm joined here with, and I have her on first name basis, I think, Stacy. Hey, Stacy, how are you doing over there? I am excellent today, sir. Thank you. How are you? I am not bad. I'm keeping warm. I've got the heater on behind me and I'm in my little, my little podge, my little place where I do my podcast and... I am so far enjoying myself today. I've been doing lots and lots of work behind the scenes stuff. Very good. This is a new day. It's just 10 a.m. over here. So we're just kind of getting ready to roll with the new day. A little cold, a little windy. So brilliant. And you are over in Texas. As I you am. Said. Yeah. I'm in a small ranching community called Blackwell. There is 345 of us that live here. So would you say that's quite small? I think that is quite small. <laughs> that is a very small community for here. Okay. So we are here to talk about movies, specifically movies that made you and a couple that made me. What I'd like all my guests to do is if ever there's something about the movie that really stands out for them, especially a scene, we can talk about that scene and obviously we can play that scene too. So you have that option. But I always want to start off with my guest. And if you want to go first with your first choice, what would that be? Oh, I think I'm probably going to start with Karate Kid. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a super classic. We, we used it to educate our children with along the way. It's the first time we saw it. And what were you doing when, or the first time you saw that movie, where did you see it and what were you doing? I, my husband and I took our children, the three kids, and had a family day and going to go see Karate Kid. Went to the movies and had a day of it. Yeah, we had a great day. And then with that movie as well, what was your favorite character? Or who was your favorite character, should I say? Oh, Mr. Miyagi, hands down. Okay. All right. Some people would say Daniel LaRusso. Uh, you know, Daniel was cool, but Mr. Miyagi had such a way of teaching him even when he didn't know he was being taught. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's like one of the code secrets of parenting. How do you slide in that teaching when they don't know they're being taught? <laughs> so they just do it later. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is true. He had that... He had that kind of mystical kind of way of making sure that he was doing what he needed to be doing without letting the, the whole wax on, wax off um, element. Yeah. yeah, paint the fence. Yeah. The paint, whole, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Paint the, yeah, paint. the whole process of talking to him. Yeah, is You know, as a parent, if your kid is in a place in their life where they need a friend, mm-hmm. And as much as we want to be their friend, it's not really our job to be their friend till they're like 25. Till then, you got to yeah. be their parent. That That's the thing, right? But sometimes your kids just need a friend outside of the box that you provide for them. And Mr. Miyagi is the kind of guy that you pray as a parent that your kid finds. He he did remind me of a few, a couple of uncles um, that, I, that I had, you know, when they were alive. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of his way of, he imparts his wisdom um, but it's really subtle. You yeah. don't all you don't always know it's happening. He's never he's never really direct. He's kind of indirect, but you get it eventually, right? And it's often the well, situations that happen to you that make you realize, oh, that's what he was talking. About. <laughs> that's what he was talking about. You're exactly right. And you know, you and I share a, a, a common thread in in what we do. You work with young boys and to try yeah. to help them keep them in school. And I have been a a teacher, coach, mentor for children for forty years long time that's what i do kids are my kind of thing right yeah 
I hate the sentence when people say these children are our future because they are, but down the road right now we're theirs. And if we don't give them what they need, what kind of future do we set up for them? Yeah. So I, I, I love that part. Yeah. And thank you it's for mentioning, so thank you for mentioning the, reminding me of the work that, cause currently just so people know, I am not at work at the moment. I'm off. I'm recovering from surgery. I haven't seen any of my kids for since before Christmas. So I'm sitting here sometimes thinking, I wonder what's going on. If I wonder if they're okay. It is a bit of a worry, especially with the young boys that I, I look after because there's so much temptation out there. And yeah. I'm not around at the moment to kind of make sure that they're making the best choices. So I, I do often kind of sit indoors and think, oh no. You know, that's where faith comes in. Yeah. Right, that's where faith comes in that maybe they heard it. You know, maybe they picked it up. Maybe when they're in that moment, they're going to hear the conversation we had and they're going to choose well. Because that's all you got. At the end of the day, what they do with your knowledge is really none of your business at the end of the day because you have no control over that. This this is very, very true. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, I don't think I asked you what your favorite scene was from Karate Kid. If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick the crane scene at the very end when he takes that final kick and wins the match. Okay. You know, he's exhausted. He's used everything he can possibly use. He's down to the wire. He's like, this is all I got. And uh, it's just proof. If you just give it at the end of the day, you still got it. Right. Yeah. You right now you've survived a hundred percent of the worst days of your life completely. So you are way more of a hero and a superstar than you believe that you are. And uh, he proved it. I'm done. You know, I'm wiped out. I'm exhausted. I'm hurt. I want to cry with my mama. But I'm gonna kick you just one more time, and it, and it worked. <laughs> and he was—he was injured, wasn't he? He was. The, uh, his heart was injured. His soul was injured. His yeah. pride was injured. You know. They told Johnny to sweep the leg, sweep the leg, and <sighs> he, he took out his leg. And but that that crane kick is iconic. I, I still see people mimicking it to this day. Even some of the the kids who were not alive, obviously, when that film was made, they do right. it too. Oh, that's how my iconic grandkids have watched it with us. Yeah. Right, my, my, my oldest grandson is in jujitsu right now. He's learning. So we sat down and watched Karate Kid with him a couple of weeks ago. Right. You know, it's about, it's, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's about the size of the fight in the dog. Yes, I totally agree. I have that scene now, so I'm going to play that. Oh, cool. Here we go. Bam! You can just hear it. Get that chin. <laughs> but it is a, it is a rush when you watch that, and oh, I still remember some of the the theme music from that movie actually. Oh yeah, good soundtrack. As a dancer, I grew up as a dancer, so I'm always attracted to the soundtrack. <laughs> I think um, there's a piece of the soundtrack on that movie where they're doing the whole montage where they're at the tournament, and I think this song is called "Win in the End." Mm -hmm. a really 80s kind of right. hard it's not hard rock with kind of an 80s sort of rock power ballad for karate uh, it was just i yeah. to this day i still know the words to that i'm not going to sing it now but i okay. still know right. <laughs> we'll save that for the next show <laughs> never 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 ever i probably will not appear on a karaoke show myself <laughs> i wish i could sing probably never maybe right. next time okay Me all right moving on i'm gonna have a go I'm going to talk about Misery. Ooh, yes. So it was, I think it was originally a book written by Stephen King. If I'm wrong, shoot me. Um, but the movie 
really because I didn't see the movie when it first came out. I think I saw it a few years after, and I wasn't really interested in it because I just thought oh, it's about some film about a writer that gets stuck somewhere. Who cares? And then I finally watched it, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> it's pretty bad, as in good. Um, right. And the, the stuff that happens to him because he he I think he gets he crashes or gets broken he broke no he crashes doesn't he and then she takes yes, him yeah. in she saves him takes him in um oh, i've forgotten the name of the the uh the lady in the movie now but um she takes him in and nurses him back to health but she's his number one fan right. and she wants him to write her a book or write or finish writing one of his books but she sort of wants to dictate how the book ends Mm-hmm. And um, it's just uh, it's just a kind of look at how somebody can operate, even though they have, which looks like or what looks like some acute mental health issues, which maybe haven't been addressed. Oh, I totally agree. I spent 12, nearly 13 years in the adult and adolescent behavioral health field. And one of the things that you learn is that mental health doesn't always look like you think mental health ought to look. Yeah. Right. Just like brain injury, right? People think brain injury and they think about helmets and drooling and wheelchairs and incapacity, but brain injury looks just like you and me. Sometimes it just can't remember how to balance a checkbook or it forgot how to add, or it can't read anymore, but it looks just like you and me. You would never know no. unless you knew. And that, that movie misery is an exact description of untreated, serious mental health. And right? I, 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 I do, I do have some experience with mental health myself with family members. So I can, I can agree. You, you can't always, it's not always present. You can't always see it. I mean, if you know the person, like how I knew the people, right. you, you kind of know cause they're close to you, but to somebody outside of your circle, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really notice that straight away. It wouldn't, they would, that person wouldn't seem odd, which is probably why in the movie as well, she came right. across as just, uh, his savior she's helping him out but it really kind of it turns <laughs> quite um, viciously at one point which I'm I've got the clip for and every time I watch this film or hear this clip because I'm not even going to play the clip in its entirety because it's so bad and I don't want to play the bit where she does what she does because <laughs> <laughs> right. it makes me cringe I know what you're talking about <laughs> you know what I'm talking about um, so without further ado, I'm going to play this and I'm going to try and mute it before you hear anything that might make you throw up. So here we go. <laughs> Paul, do you know about the early days of the Kimberly diamond mines? Do you know what they did to the native workers who stole diamonds? Don't worry, they didn't kill them. That would be like junking a Mercedes just because it had a broken spring. No, if they caught them, they had to make sure they could go on working. But they also had to make sure they could never run away. The operation was called hobbling. Uh, uh, uh. Crazy. The whole time you watched that, you don't think she's really going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm not doing it? Please don't do it. I need for God. Shh, darling. Trust me. God's sake. It's for the best. Yeah. It's not a horror. You wouldn't really class as a horror movie, would you? No. No. I don't think it's a horror movie. I think it's probably, is reality. And sometimes reality is horrible. 
that in itself was, and they show it as well. They show what she does too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think. Oh, they do. Yeah. There's, uh. there's versions <laughs> that pr- might play earlier in the evening, which will be cut, and there's versions that what and it, you really do see what she does. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell anyone. I just thought I'd play that clip. If you haven't seen Misery and you want to watch a film that will potentially make you cringe or make you feel a little bit uneasy, but it's still a good movie, please, please do watch that, definitely. So I want to say one thing before we go on about mental health, okay? I don't ever, I don't want to ever leave the impression that because you have a dealing or a face-to-face with your mental health that that makes you in a separate class like mm-hmm. oh you mean you have mental health every single one of us if you ever spend a day sad or depressed if you ever were anxious about what was coming up if you were ever confused if you ever doubted who you were in your thought process for a minute you've danced with your own mental health yeah. so never let that be a judgment in any way and someone someone said this to me um not long ago actually maybe about a year or two ago not necessarily to do with mental health, but to do with a situation I was dealing with where somebody else was experiencing it. And they said to me, um, you know, sometimes it's just okay to not be okay. Amen. It is okay to not be okay. And to have in your circle people that allow you to not be okay. And it's okay. Because you can get better together. I totally agree. All right. Let's move on to our next movie. And this is your one now. Oh, okay. This is yours. This is your baby. Hit me with it. What's the title? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Men of Honor, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Beautiful, powerful movie about so many things. Yeah, but uh, the character that Cuba Gooding Jr. plays in that movie, the diver that he plays, mm-hmm. the the aspiration he has to be what he dreams that he can be. Again, that's one of the things you hope as a parent that you teach your children, right? Do I impress upon you that? Yes, I am honored by who I am. I carry a legacy. I carry a, yes, these are, yeah. this is what I stand for. There were so many moments in that movie when they unhat the diver and his chin just, his chin, and you can't help but sit on the couch and go, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you feel his emotion at that moment. And it is about, that's what you want to teach your children. Stand up, hold your chin up, be proud. Yes. And it, there's so there's so much to really unpack and take from that movie, um, whether you're watching it for the first time or oh, the second yeah. time. And I, I have seen it maybe a couple of times in the past. And I, it was one of my favourite Cuba Gooding Jr. movies because he was definitely at his best in that film. Yeah. You know, Robert De Niro as well playing the, I think he was the master he was like a master chief he was a trainer master, master chief yeah. yes and that was cookie was kubu kubu yes shooting, i believe it was a cookie yeah. is the thing he played yeah because he was and a cook. pretty much everyone was against him being a diver for various reasons one of them because he was a, a young black man but Absolutely. he managed he managed to to kind of rise above all of that i'm not sure a lot of people would have the strength you know as of character to actually you know go through what he went through because there's some scenes in that you're like he, you're, they're trying to kill him <laughs> right exactly and just but to, to continue to persevere you know the it's like he he was in a battle of good and evil with robert de niro from the start yes and he and, yes. and he won right he won over the heart of the super bad you're not going to win me mm-hmm. badass guy yeah. right and when he won over robert de niro's heart you could tell even though he pretended that he didn't no one else would have known 
just the way he looked at him, the things that he did, the things that he said, he's like, you got him. You want his heart. And so many times, really, that's what it is. We all want the same things, right? We all want love. We all want respect. We all want honor. We all want dignity. We all want happiness. We all want love. And that doesn't have a boundary or a country or a race or a political party. Yeah. It just, it just is. And uh, God chose to put us all together. It's, it's supremely, it's a supremely powerful movie with a, a really strong message and, there's so many scenes and, and I know you've, I know you can only pick one, but there's so many scenes in that movie yeah. that really stand out, that really, really stand out. But I know you've got a good one. You know, I've got a good one. I really love the one where he has to put the part together underneath the ocean because he at like 12 hours, nine hours, something ridiculous. He stays in there until he gets yes. it done. Yeah. But I also thoroughly enjoy the moment he's challenged to take those 12 steps in the courtroom. Oh, yes. Though those last three or four steps, you know, number nine, he wants to stop so bad. But again, it's that drive. And then they unhat that diver. So, yeah, I'm going to say those 12 steps in the courtroom is a rocker. Let's have a listen to that now. Nine, the Navy diver is not a fighting man. He is a salvage expert. Ten, if it's lost underwater, he finds it. If it's sunk, he brings it up. If it's in the way, he moves it. Eleven. If he's lucky, he will die young 200 feet beneath the waves. Well, that is the closest he will ever get to being a hero. Hell, I don't know why anybody would want to be a Navy diver. Now you report to this line. Every time I listen to that, yeah, you know, every time I watch that scene, I'm like, it, it just reminds me. And what I think what people sometimes forget by that point is... He had an accident during the movie, didn't he? Where he lost, mm. he lost a leg. He lost like lost the lower leg. part of his leg. Yeah. So he was walking in that really heavy suit with a wooden, because back in those days, it was a wooden leg that he had. And you hear it right. crunch at one point. I think it's at the eighth step, you, you hear a snap. Yeah, you hear it. <laughs> yeah. And he just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, he just... Yeah. But that's, that's one of the reasons why I really love that particular movie. You know, because it's it just shows you, you know, you can people can throw things at you, you can doubt yourself, but if you've got the strength of character and the will to persevere, you know, you will make it, you will make those twelve steps. You will make those twelve steps. And you know, I think our biggest challenge in the world right now, Stefan, is to to decide who who are you? Who is Stefan? Yeah. What do you believe in? What do you stand for? What are you willing to fight for? Where does your chin go up for what? And then be that in spite of what the world would have you be. Because the world would have you be lots of other things besides that. And can you be that anyway? That's I think that's where your power lies, is being able to, to manage who you are all the way through and go, no, I'm just me. Right. And I, I totally agree. And I am I I am more than ready to talk about that on another podcast, which I'm Let's not gonna go. mention just yet. Okay, 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 cool. <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely gonna have a, a good a good conversation with you at some point and we will we will be sharing that um, on the interwebs definitely. Love it. All right. So your turn. My turn. Your, my your turn. turn. <sighs> I'm gonna go with my Captain Obvious and I'm gonna say the Shawshank Redemption. Not because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. But because mm-hmm. it partly is, well, it really is the greatest movie of all time, or one of them. There's so, there's a lot of scenes which I remember, like word for word, and there's a lot of experiences that you have with this movie. Because in my opinion, it's it's a it's a love story between two friends. 
it starts out they they meet each other in prison and um they don't really necessarily like each other in, in the beginning and it's not a case of one of them really hates the other one they're just trying to they're just feeling each other out and it's a span of i think he's in prison uh, this andy Dufresne character he's in prison for like 20 odd years and they they get to know each other over and it spans of like years where they're not really as good friends as you'd think they were by the end of the movie but it's what happens is experiences in prison to other prisoners who they know and who they've become friends with or who they've like made ties with and it's just a well-made movie full of really great performances and it just kind of tells you like if I was to ever end up in a situation would I be able <laughs> to you know survive and thrive and most of the characters do you know it, it, there are some characters who you know either kill themselves or they get murdered or but and they don't really survive to the end but I think the really great thing about this movie is the ending these two guys they're still friends and they still want to hang out with each other even though they're in, like they're not in prison anymore and a spoiler sorry but one gets out, one escapes. And I won't tell you how he escapes because that will spoil the whole movie for you. But it's right when when they show you how um, one of them gets away, you're like, he spent all that time doing that. And then um, yeah. Morgan Freeman's character eventually is let is set free. He gets um he gets paroled and he gets out. And then it's it's kind of shows you about inter, inter, institutionalized. Um, institutionalization where you can't stop being a prisoner and one of the prisoners before um, Morgan Freeman got out committed suicide because he just couldn't handle being free this scene that I've got for for you is the one where Morgan Freeman is out he's trying to he catches a bus but it's a it's a narration over the footage of him making his journey to see Andy all right here we go Here we go. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. Mm. I hope. Mm. It's just really, it's just, well, the whole film's well written anyway, but mm-hmm. it's just a really nice ending to what effectively is quite a heavy movie. Yeah, it is a heavy movie, but you're right. It's about that no matter how heavy things are on the outside, there's still this layer underneath where friendship lives and mm-hmm. honor lives and y- you have to hold on to that right because that's that's the underside of all that dark under there and if you just look for that underside it's under there and that beautiful friendship right that yeah. that moment of oh, is this really real well, i think we've all had that moment in, in different phases right yeah. a beautiful movie i love that movie and morgan freeman should narrate anything he has the he- most gorgeous <laughs> narrator voice i swear I think you can. I think you can narrate anything he likes. Really, can't you? Uh, Even if it's silly, he'll narrate it, and it just sounds good. 
He's right. Just, he's got you know, that voice. I, we've laughed more than once, and I, I think whoever they elect president of the United States needs to do that job, but they need to let Morgan <laughs> Freeman talk to the people. <laughs> if oh. they just let him be the guy that talks to all the people, everybody be like, okay, I got that. He yeah. just has this. He just has this way. It's funny. Maybe one day. I don't know if they'll ever ask me my opinion, but if they do, that's it. <laughs> and I think you, you've you've kind of connected a theme between those two movies in light of the fact that they're, they're both about honour, they're both about friendship or in, of, of sorts. Um, relationships. Exactly. And even though the relationships are quite complicated, there is still a relationship there. Yeah. It's a testament to, well, movie making, but it's a testament to what we understand is actual friendship. It's not as black and white as people think. Right. Yeah, it's not about going to the mall. Or, or, you know, hanging out for a beer on Thursday. Yeah. It, real friendship is about something way different than that. And it's when you get that, that you quit being worried about how many friends you have. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because I'm thinking, I'm just counting how many friends I've got on my hand. And I'm like, I don't want to say how many. Using all your I, fingers. I, yeah. might, I might annoy some people, but, you know, you know you can, you know you can just count. When you, as you get yeah. to a certain stage in your life, you're like, uh, I don't really right. need that many. Right. I got thousands of acquaintances. Yeah. Right? And yes. I, can, I can have out. I can hang out with anybody and have a grand time because I love people. Yeah. Right. But I can count my friends. Yes. I, same here. Yeah. Same here. We come to our final movie on the list, and it is yours. So oh. I am going to give you the opportunity to introduce that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Blind Side. Okay. Uh, I love the Blind Side. This lady would have been my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If she was really would have lived in the same time, she and I would have hung out together. I love that movie because it's what we're supposed to do for each other, dude. It is the golden rule yeah. in, in life, in action, right? She, it didn't matter that she didn't understand the whole story, right? It didn't matter that it wasn't hers from the beginning. It mattered that this young man had a need and she could fill it. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she, even though, like we talked about, I think before, the movie, every movie is embellished in some way, right? Yes, if you ever yeah. read the book and then watch the movie, I always want to read the book first, right? And before I watch the movie, if there's those two things, because they're always the same but different. And so I feel like the story of The Blind Side probably is the same thing. It's it's the same story, a little different, right? Made for TV, yes. so you can ooh and on and be more whatever, maybe a little, you know, some fishing stories, like really, really was this big of a fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> But the underneath of the story is the same. It was still his story. Agreed. And this random lady still rolled into his life and changed his life for him and gave him an opportunity to shine. And that's what we're supposed to do for each other. We're we're on this journey together, dude. Let's hold hands and do it together. We're here together. Yeah. And was it not? A, I, it was a true story, wasn't it? Yes, sir. It is a true story. Yeah. It is a true story, which makes it even better. Right. To me, I'm like, and I don't think when I watched it the first time, when I very first watched it, I don't think I realized that it was a true story. Yes. Yeah. Until it got to the end. And I was like, oh, my God, that's true. <laughs> she really, you know, and the it's whole not, something. And I yeah. love this lady. It's not it's not fantastical. It's not like something that, you know, it's not sci fi. Um, <laughs> exactly. So it could happen. It could have happened. And yeah, as you said, they, they might have embellished or changed certain things. And yeah, they did. And even I think when we, we talked about this before, I think the, the the guy who the film is based on, he doesn't look like the character in the movie. And some right. things have been, have been changed, but 
I think without some dramatic effects, you could lose your audience. And I get why they did certain things, but the story itself, the, the bare bones of it are still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's still what happened. You know, yeah. she still found him. She still gave him a home. She yeah. still gave him a life and an opportunity that he probably would have never had as much as he had wanted that, right? And dreamed about that or thought of that. And that, that had never been real for him had there not been that opportunity. And we have an opportunity all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. With If you have contact with another human being, then you have the opportunity to make that a positive or negative experience. That's your choice. Yes. Who are you in that encounter? What light do you leave behind? So my That's question a- to you, you know what the question is going to be. My question to you is, which part of that movie stands out for you? Oh, I think it's after they've invited him to come and live in their home, right? Do you, they'd sit down at the dining table and ask me if he wanted to be a part of the family. And he's like, well, I thought I already was, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he, he never had that. And so she took him upstairs and she she took him to his bedroom. Yeah. And she said, okay, this is for you. And he, the look on his face as he looked around, like, wow, this is this doesn't, this can't be mine. Mm-hmm. And he told her, he said, well, I've never had one before. And she said, what, a room all your own? And he said, no, oh, a bed. And the realization in her eyes, and if we all took that moment to realize, we just don't know. You think you know. You Sometimes you think you know what's going on in someone else's life or their head or their heart or their soul, but you don't know. And if you want to know and you ask, be ready for the answer. And then what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do with that information? And it's, it's, a, it's a real shame that I can't, I can't somehow project the image of the scene that I'm going to play into people's yeah. minds. Because a lot of what this scene has in it is the physical reactions of the two people that are in the actual scene. It's uh, yeah. Sandra Bullock's character and um, the young man that's um, playing, yeah. I can't remember the guy's real name, but yeah. Yeah. just how they're interacting with each other and the surprise. And even yeah. after that scene, just a few seconds after, when she walks away, it's the the look on her face and the realization that she's like, like you said, it's like, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what their their situations are. Right. I never dreamed that somebody wouldn't have a bed. You know, it's the aha moment for both of them. Well, I'm going to drop that scene right now. Okay. Here we go. It's mine. Yes, sir. What? Never had one before. What, a room to yourself? A bed. Mm. Beautiful. Well, you have one now. Yeah. Kind of makes you think, doesn't it? It really does. It really does make you think. You know, when I worked in the, when I worked in adolescent and adult behavioral health field, I was a family services specialist. And so my job was to go in to families that were in the process of disruption. Right. Some just, just things just weren't good and just sit down with them and go, all right, how do we make this better? I think when I very first started that job, I wanted to go in with my jacket and my briefcase and my computer and have all the answers and go, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's how we whip this into shape. And it took me a very, very small amount of time to recognize that's not my job. Right. We all have a rhythm in our life that works for us. Stefan, you have a rhythm that that makes your life play, makes your song play. Yeah. Okay. And I do, too. But my job as a as a coach, as a therapist, as a friend, as a partner, as a wife, is not to make you hear my song. It's to make sure that you hear your own and can appreciate that music, right? Because because then 
then your song goes. Have you ever been driving down the highway, listening to your favorite song on the radio? Radio's cranked up, and you are all-time best singer ever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, one-man concert. Yeah, you're Ooh, rocking, having a grand time, and you hit that moment of white noise, right? That, and you go, ow. Oh. You have a choice to make right then. Mm-hmm. You either keep singing, yeah. because you know the song, and in a minute it's going to go away, and you're going to be right on time, or you change the station. Okay, conflict. Those moments of indecision for us, it's nothing but white noise in your song. Mm-hmm. So if you know your song and you believe in that and you can keep singing it in a minute, just keep singing, dude. Because in a minute, that white noise will pass and you're going to be right on time. But if you keep changing the station, you never get to that place. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that. Maybe I might remix it a little bit, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to use that, what you just okay. said, um, when I'm having a conversation with a couple of people that I know, because maybe they need to hear it. Right. White noise in your song, dude. So, Stacy, tell me a little bit more about yourself, what you do, your podcast, um, and anything else in between. Okay, let's see. My name is Stacy. I am small town, Texas. Right now, my husband and I are at a place where we are trading the first half of the second half. We got grown kids and grandbabies, and it's our turn, right, to see what's next out there for us and what we're going to become when we grow up, <laughs> right? I guess so. We're kind of having a great time figuring out what that's about. Chasing grandbabies and just figuring out what's next. Uh, on the side, I, by trade, I am a speaker, coach, and trainer. Yeah. I run a personal development business called Enlighten Up. I almost hate to use the word coach because it has been slapped around the last year or two terribly. Tell me about right? it. Right. So everybody's a coach of something. And so it, it almost takes away any sort of notoriety that there might be to that field. So I would rather see myself as a companion, someone willing to come alongside you where you are and help you find your song. Help you sing that song because you got to dance to dance that nobody else can do. It goes to your song. And if you never hear your song, we never get to watch you dance. Right. And as a dancer, I want to see the dance. So that, that's what I do. That's what we do is enlighten up. If it's an individual person, if it's a small group, if it's your business, if it's your family, if it's your company, we do a lot of work on becoming a person of influence and how important the words are that you say and how much ability you have yeah. by the light you leave in a room. Um, I teach another program called Underneath Music, where we find out what is that one thing. I mean, I grew up as a tapper. I'm, I grew up as a dancer. My mother was a dance teacher, and I'm a tap dancer at heart. That was my favorite. But to be a good tap dancer, you can't dance to the music because the music changes. Right. Underneath the music, there's this one guy that has this beat, and he keeps the rest of the song on tune the whole time. So he's your dance partner. you got to find that guy right? if you're going to tap well. Mm-hmm. But the same is true about your life underneath all the chatter there has to be this thing that keeps your song on tune what is that and when you lose sight of that things get crazy you start trying to hang out in the music and you can't hang out there the music changes you got to hang out with that guy is it almost like it feels like a metronome that's what it's yeah I, i get the sense that you're trying to sort of explain your inner metronome like what what tempo is? what's your rhythm what's your rhythm because it's different than mine You've got a song to sing. One day, the grand over design looked around and decided the world needed one of you. With all that there is, all the animals and the stars and the plants and the people, he still decided the world needed one of you. How come? There's a specific reason for that. And unless you believe in that reason, we don't get to see you shine. So my job is to help you believe in that reason. So we get to watch, right? And it's not a mistake. Coincidence happens on purpose. Things are because that's where they're headed. And, and when you can finally... Get that rhythm going for yourself and, and appreciate what you see through the lens that you see the world through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that's what we do at Enlighten Up. We just kind of help you focus that kaleidoscope of your own and see what it is you see and love what you see. And this is why, and I know you, you're being very humble right now. And this is why Stacey has over 260 odd episodes on her podcast. You know, your ability to, to talk to people and bring out some of the things that they might not have said even to themselves. You know, it's, it's, it's a brilliant skill that you have of talking and conversating. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to experiencing some of that, not on here. But, yeah. <laughs> but well, I'm doing it right now, aren't I? But um, when we get together eventually in the future at some point, I definitely want to um, jump on your podcast and have a conversation about anything that you want to ask me in general. It'll, yeah. it'll be a great chat. We, I am honored as always. I have a beautiful co-host. Um, she stepped in with me in June and, and kind of switched off and took the place of my original co-host. He has a beautiful program he, he wrote for children called The Hero Builder. And it has taken on a life and is breathing over there. And so he has stepped away to, to be the hero builder guy. Mm -hmm. And this beautiful lady stepped in to be my co-host. And uh, she's in fact my oldest daughter. So it is oh, such okay. an honor for me to get to do this learn to hear her wisdom. Um, I, I, as a mom, it just tickles my heart to hear the things that come out of her mouth. I think, wow, wow you got an old soul, girl. Because <laughs> she's, she's very wise. Um, <clears throat> we do two podcasts. One is called Uncaped Heroes. Mm -hmm. And on Uncaped Heroes, we want to give you an opportunity to tell us who you are, what you do, why you do that, how we can connect with you. But then we're going to take a deep dive and we want to know how you got there. Nice. Who touched your life? Who inspired you along the way? What'd you learn? Everybody ought to know. What's your line of wisdom to the world? What do you wish you could teach everybody? And we get the most beautiful conversations with people. Everybody's learned something in their life for a specific reason. Getting to share that knowledge and that wisdom that people have gained in their journey is uh, humbling for me to get to to get to be a, a party and be able to be the one that vessels that out. Uh, it's beautiful. And then we do a second podcast called Midweek Mind Candy, yeah. where we um, have a three-way conversation about a word that is an attribute of of character and integrity of the life that we leave behind uh, yesterday we did a recording with a lady on the word build okay and when we gave her the word you could tell immediately she was like bill boring right <laughs> i don't talk about a build <laughs> but by the time we got to the end of the of the conversation we hung up she said oh my gosh i never knew i knew that much about the word build because it just turned into this soul conversation about what does it mean to build other human beings and mm -hmm. to build your soul yeah. and to build a life. Yeah. And, and it really turned into this beautiful conversation. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to talk about that word. That was so cool. And so it's, yeah, it's really fun to see what's inside someone else when they really think about, we don't think about how just an ordinary word can mean so many different things to so many people. And I, I think you have lots of really, really good ideas that I'm not going to steal. Mm. Yeah, I'm you making. That, I'm making that borrow. face. We're I can borrow, together. but I'm not going to steal. Okay, you can borrow. But you I'll ask permission. you. I'll ask you first. Yep. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just want to before we round up, I just want to say um, out loud and in public, I really do appreciate you being on the show today. Um, I've What's had on, lots man? of fun talking about music with you. I've, I've actually seen the interconnecting threads between. I didn't realize these movies. A lot of them, because when you really think about them in, in depth a lot of them kind of relate to each other. Maybe not so much misery with the other, with the others, but definitely the Karate Kid, that relationship between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel LaRusso, um, Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne, 
and Morgan Freeman's yeah. character, who I don't know the name of, yeah. and then um, you know Cookie and um, Robert De Niro's character, the Master Chief. They're all kind of related in some kind of way. They're all about relationships, and I think your way of drawing that out within this podcast has, has been really, really insightful. Well, thank you. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I've had a great time. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. I, yeah, I can't wait to flip this script. I'm just not going to lie. I'm ready to. <laughs> that is, unfortunately, all we have time for. So I am going to sign off in my usual way. Um, I'm going to say thank you to you again one more time. It's been a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Oh, it's been beautiful. I had a great time. And I'll be back with another podcast very soon. But until then... <laughs> Have a good evening and I will speak to you all again later.